The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend, we discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's right. We share some insights, we make some connections, and hopefully have a bit of fun as we study the words of the men and women God has called to direct His Church in these the latter days. I'm Greg Tilton. And I'm Meg Tilton. And this is episode 11, where we are talking about Quentin L. Cook's talk, Conversion to the Will of God. So we are obviously husband and wife, so we're not brother and sister. <laughs> we are husband and wife. So, And Greg doesn't normally podcast, so... But he's very funny and very wise, so I decided oh, to gosh. have him be my guest. This That's a lot of pressure for the listeners. Yeah, so you better perform. So, right. All right. So, um, what did you find uh, helpful in this talk, or what stood out to you that you thought would be interesting to discuss today? Well, I thought a couple things were his. He has two different parts in here where he talks about definition of conversion. Uh, I mean, he talks a lot about missionary work and how it applies to missionary work, but he, I, I liked uh, kind of those definitions and those, I guess, experiences that he talks about in gaining a personal conversion. Okay. So what were those two different? Um, well, so in the first one, maybe if somebody hasn't read it, you know, he really talks about his early kind of really important experience he had when he was younger and his brother was getting ready, was actually getting ready to be a doctor, right? So. Uh, their dad was very supportive of that. And then the bishop came and said, hey, I think you should consider going on a mission. Uh, and it was unusual then because right during the Korean uh, Korean conflict is what he says. And so not very many people were going on missions. And so uh, his brother went home. They discussed it. Their father was not super active in the church and was not supportive of him going on a mission. Really wanted him to become a, a doctor, had saved money. You know, financially, they were, they were set. This kid's future was, you know, all kind of lined up. So... He said he and his brother and maybe some other people talked about it, and they came up with three questions that were important to understand. And if answered in a certain way would mean one thing, and if answered in another way would mean something else. So those three questions were, is Jesus Christ divine? The second one is, is the Book of Mormon the Word of God? And the last one is, is Joseph Smith the prophet of the Restoration? And if the answers to these questions were yes, it's clear that Joe, the brother, uh, could do more good taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world than becoming a doctor at an earlier date. And I don't know if his brother ever did become a doctor. I'm not sure, but uh, he did go on a mission. And so he did. And, uh, you know, Elder Cook said, uh, I prayed that night about those very things. And just, you know, that conviction of his that these three things were true really started then. And he knew his life would never be the same because he answered yes to those three questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's a good example of the less like questions that we should be asking ourselves all the time, right? Because mm -hmm. if those same questions are true, then our conversion will be based on something much different than, say, your mother's testimony or, 
your best friend being mm. a member of the church or or something like that. And I think that that clearly, I mean, I don't know Elder Cook very much about him, but clearly this defined and kind of created a path for his life from that point on. And um, so they're good questions to ask ourselves. Like, is Jesus Christ divine? Is the Book of Mormon the word of God? And is Joseph Smith the prophet of the restoration? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think those simplify. I mean, those cut through everything else that goes on, you know, and whatever the, the current issue is. And I really think, you know, every single age has had its own issues that can be uh, really distracting from these three things. You know, I mean. There's issues mm-hmm. now. People, you know, you and I know people who are struggling with their testimonies because of not these three things necessarily, but they are so wrapped up in other controversies around other topics. They've lost sight of this fundamental truth. Like, you know, my dad used to always say, uh, he said, either the church is true or it's a huge farce. Like, there's not really a lot of in-between ground. It, it can't be like just a nice church, you know, that another nice Christian church because of the claims that we make that Joseph Smith was a prophet. And that the Book of Mormon is the word of God, right? So either that's true or it's not. And if it's not, then it's not worth the time and the energy and all the early morning seminary time that you spent you know, teaching seminary. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it really does come down to these fundamental questions. And if it is true, you know, things can be tough. Things can be confusing sometimes. It's just how it is. You know, life is going to be that way. But um, it doesn't mean that the gospel is not true and that uh, it's not worth being all in when it comes to living the gospel. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it does really come down to those three things. And it's interesting because I think that the world attacks those three main things the most in a lot of ways. Like, you know, the Book of Mormon is constantly scrutinized, like, oh, it's just another nice book, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a musical that's sacrilegious kind of, in my opinion, (laughs) based on, I've never seen it, but based on that, you know, and then Joseph Smith is you know, constantly picked apart. And I feel like more picked apart now than any, than ever, you know? And, um, and so you do have to base your testimony on those things, you know? And yeah, that's funny. Uh, You and I see that differently. You know, I don't see those directed. I mean, I don't come up against that personally. It's not like somebody comes up to me and says, I heard about your book of Mormon. It's, it's, you know, it's phony baloney. You know, mm-hmm. people have problems with the church now. It's at least nowadays to me, it seems like it's related to totally other stuff. It's almost like uh, the different tactic maybe the adversary is using is to completely distract us from this. You know, because in some ways, if somebody attacks your personal testimony of the Book of Mormon, then you're forced to ask the question, is it or isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, more subtle and you're focused on other stuff, then if he, I think if, I don't know. If the adversary can get you to quit thinking about is this true or not, then, you know, there's other ways that, uh, and other things that you can put your focus on that, um, will, you know, shrink your faith and just destroy your, your closeness with God and everything else. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's probably a lot of different ways, uh, but, uh, I don't see that quite as much anymore. You know, people, uh, directly attacking those things, probably because I don't, I'm not out there (laughs) on social media (laughs) or in the world. You'd probably know better because uh, you have more experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am on social media more, although I'm taking a major break from that for the most Mm. part. But I think that, um, you know, I think it's just interesting during the pandemic, I noticed a lot more of our friends, more than I've ever seen in the past, in the last two years, have walked away from the church. And a lot of it comes down to that, 
either they have an issue with the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith, or they did not have a firm testimony of those things to begin with. Yeah. And so when the whims of, of different social pressures or social, I don't know what the word is like, you know, Mm. needs come up, then it's like, well, I'm just going to walk. I'm going to let that dictate, you know, what I believe in. So, yeah. 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 I also thought his message was really interesting because I think a lot of times with conferences, I, I tend to kind of notice a theme, an overall theme and president Nelson, you know, started the conference off right away and was like, everybody needs to like every worthy young man needs to serve a mission. Um, you know, it's not really negotiable. It's not really mm-hmm. choice. I mean, we all have a choice, but he's basically like, this is your duty. But he says in this talk too, he's like, it's also your duty as a member of the church. You know, he's like, when we, um, you know, gain a testimony of the fullness of the gospel and, um, you know, we should all be doing it, including full-time missionaries and each other. And he says, this should be a laser-like focus to everyone who has been blessed with conversion to the will of God. Yeah. And um, I think it's interesting. We live in the Midwest. We live in Missouri, where a lot of people tend to be slight, you know, religious, and there's a lot of churches and everything. And I think that in the um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think we could take a huge lesson from our evangelical like brothers and sisters because they often and openly proclaim their devotion to God and how God is helping them. And like, they'll say, I'm going to have, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to ask Jesus to help you. And, um, you know, they're very vocal. And I feel like a lot of times in the church, we're a little bit more timid to talk about that for some reason. And, we need to speak up more and yeah. really just, you know, be the people. It's like we, it goes wherever we go. We, we don't censor what we say based on the company in terms of our faith in God and, and all of that. So, yeah, no, there's, I agree. There's plenty to be learned from lots of people that have, have a deep and abiding faith in Christ, you know, and then they live that life in different ways. And so I agree. There's stuff yeah to be, stuff to be learned from, from just whoever is, has, you know, is a disciple of Christ. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. He does share, you know, he brings in love, share and invite, which is a huge thing in the church right now, but he adds one new one, which is be converted. Like that has to happen first and then you can love, share and invite. And when you're converted, it will just come naturally. You know, the, the way that we talk about Christ, the way that we talk about spiritual things and how we rely on the Savior, I think would just come very naturally. And then you're just going to automatically be talking in that way when you're with your neighbors and you're going to be inviting them because it's like, I want to share this with you. It's so awesome, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I just think it's a really interesting um, thing that we can learn from some other religions yeah. in that way. Mm, no, that's good. I remember when we moved here. How long have we lived here, Greg? 14, uh, 15, 15 years. 15 years. I remember when we first moved here, I actually got proselytized by another, um, by a woman in another church. And it was very much the way that I would expect us to proselytize. Like she befriended me, she invited me to things, and then she invited me to church. 
And it was so interesting to watch, <laughs> like to be the recipient of that on the, you know, on the other side of that. Cause we talk about it so much. Yeah. The one thing that I thought was really unfortunate was, is that when I told her that I already had my own religion and that I, um, you know, was involved in my own church, she kind of just cut off all connection and friendship and was yeah. kind of like mad at me. And I was like, yeah. and I was very nice when I said, thank you so much for inviting me to church. You know, um, actually we have our own church and, you know, and I just thought that was really, really interesting because I was like, I hope I would never do that to somebody else. Like mm -hmm. if I'm inviting them and then they decide they don't want to partake, like yeah. that I still am their friend. Like I'm not basing my friendship on them mm -hmm. seeking out and <clears throat> being a part of my church yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. That was unfortunate. Although that was interesting to watch. Yeah. So. It was. I think you should tell about, huh? She got some great soup out of it, as I recall. Oh, you have a better memory than I do. <laughs> <laughs> she brought over some delicious soup one time. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> she, she was so nice. I'm sure she still is nice. But yeah, her husband was the preacher and they were trying to build a church. I think she was yeah. desperately trying to get membership to help support that. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe one of the things I was thinking about in this talk, too, is uh, kind of towards the end, he says, um, he goes back to letting God prevail in our lives. And I think that's one of the things about conversion, too. And something I've been thinking about more recently, just in the, the circumstances that I've been in, is, you know, what does God want me to do? You know, so there's missionary work. I know he wants me to do missionary work. I can tell you, missionary work is the absolute test uh, of our conversion, right? Because it is, there's no way, I mean... We could spend podcast, and I'm sure there are podcasts and podcasts and podcasts out there of, you know, missionary efforts. Uh, and there's, you know, I, I agree that it flows naturally when we're really converted to God. It is easier when the spirit is with you. But ultimately, it will always be uncomfortable. I, well, sorry, for me, <laughs> it will probably always be uncomfortable because, you know, I, it's my fundamental faith. And, and I'm nervous about people either strongly disagreeing and trying to poke holes in it and tear it apart or, rejecting it or whatever, you know, and it's just, it makes me uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable as a missionary, you know, I was, a, I worked hard as a missionary to do that, but it was, you know, it wasn't easy. And I think it will just always be that way. And that's okay. Um, you know, we can do everything that God wants us to do if we're trying mm -hmm. to do his will. Right. So I think I, I like that at the end where he, he gets, comes back to, you know, letting God prevail in our lives, that, that real conversion, uh, he says, increasing our conversion to will of God and letting God prevail in our lives, meaning, you know, seeking on a daily, hourly, minute by minute basis. Like, what do you want me to do here? You know, I'll, I'll try to do what you want me to do. And that willingness to do that, I think, that practice of a daily, you know, trying to seek his will and do it, um, I think is a big part of being really converted. Um, and, and I think, you know, Misha, he, has, he frames this in the context of missionary work. I think all of that will be easier you know, at the point where we are really honestly trying to do what he wants us to do all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, this week in Come Follow Me, we're studying or we studied about Saul and Samuel and David. Well, we studied about David being called as king and him, you know, defeating Goliath. And I think that that was the one, one of the traits that I kind of see as a trend in, you know, say, um, Moses and Joseph and, um, other, you know, prophets, Nephi, Moroni, Mormon, you know, they're all like, we are on the Lord's side. Like the Lord is going to like, we're going to win. 
Like he, they, they're, and they don't know necessarily how, but they're like, the Lord is always going to prevail. And I think it's always kind of funny because in a lot of cases it's, it isn't, they don't say this, but I kind of picture all of them just being like, what, what's the problem here? Why is anybody doubting? Like we're, we're going to win because God is on our side. Mm. And I just, and, and even if, you know, I was teaching seminary this last year. So I taught the first, the last part of Doctrine and Covenants and, um, you know, those early saints, like so much faith in letting the Lord prevail in their life to accomplish the things that he wanted. And, you know, we're not being asked to walk across the plains. We're not being asked to kill big giants. You know, we're not being asked to walk, you know, out of Egypt and into Canaan. You know, we're not being asked to do those things, but we are being asked to share the gospel and to open our mouths and to proclaim the truth. And in many ways, I almost think it's harder (laughs) than, you know, I'm like, okay, give me a giant and uh, maybe I can hopefully (laughs) have faith that I can kill him, you know, but like, um, it is, it's, it's really hard when you have to be like, but God is with me and he wants people to know this. And that's why your personal conversion is so important. And, and that's why all of those prophets were so successful because they had already become converted to the cause of God and believing in God. And that's where we need to do work as well in order to do this. Yeah. Like these are our Goliaths and our red seas and our walking across the plains. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that's true. It doesn't seem quite as miraculous. Not everybody has a red sea moment, but it'd be nice occasion to have a red sea moment. Right. Whoa. That's okay. I'm in. (laughs) Although, you know, those people saw that and it didn't last long, right? They were worshiping a golden calf, you know, who knows how many years later. So Yeah. 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 And and I think, you know, it goes back to like, remember, remember, like, remember all these things that the Lord has done. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Yeah. but that's funny you say that. I mean, President Cook uh, quotes that uh, the the end of the Wentworth letter, you know, that no one hallowed hand can stop the work from progressing. Basically, it's it's going to end well, you know, like, uh, you know, until the great Jehovah shall say the work is done. It's going to keep going until he says it's over and it will be ultimately successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess that was one of the things. I don't know if it's in here, but you know, I was listening to this yesterday. I was jogging, right? So I'm listening to this, and so different parts are getting through to my oxygen-starved brain as uh, I'm jogging. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I thought was, you know, is that um, you know we're really preparing for the return of the King. <laughs> I know that mm-hmm. sounds like really Lords of the Ringsish, but uh, that's how it really is. You know, we will have a King. We will worship him like other kings. You know, he's coming back, and we're preparing for that for that coming. So I, I don't know. It kind of gives it a little bit more of a of a physical aspect to it. You know, we're really pre- preparing a place in a in a in a environment where he can return and he can rule and reign. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like that concept of thinking we do have a king and we're going to be serving him, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's coming back. So you know, buckle up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know when, but he's coming. So. Uh, you can be part of it or yeah. not be part of it. It'd be much, be much better to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me think like, how can we apply this more in our life? I mean, I think a lot of times we do think of like, and I think what he's saying here is we need to talk about this with our friends, our neighbors, our acquaintances, at, like in all the places and not be shy about it. But I also think it's also a good reminder of, are we teaching our children 
these fundamental things and really ingraining in them and love sharing and inviting them to partake of the gospel mm-hmm. and to have all the blessings that they're entitled to if they keep their, if they make covenants and keep them and um, just have that blessing, you know, uh, you know, I, I had a girl in my seminary class and at the end of the year I gave out like little awards just funny awards, like, and they weren't even an award. It was just, I said something, you know, one of the boys, he's going to be a future seminary teacher and things like that. One was like the best devotional giver or whatever. Mm -hmm. But one of the girls and she's in our ward, but I was like, I can tell that you do come follow me at home. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was obvious that she had, or that she was studying outside of seminary and then today in um, primary, I subbed in there and her little brother was in there and he said something. And I was just like, I know why he knows that it's because his family has studied that, you know, like, so his family is, you know, constantly loving their, like his parents have like created an environment where they're loving their children, you know, they're sharing the gospel with them and they're, in, I'm sure, inviting them to take steps in their life to live the gospel. And I don't know, it's just, it's been a really uh, good example to me of the difference that that makes. I mean, we struggle with come follow me sometimes because we're we're so busy, but sometimes we we try and yeah, but our kids know stuff. So they know stuff. That's right. They know stuff. So yeah, but I just think, you know, it's just really good. I mean, I, I think about love sharing by all the time and conversion, love sharing invite in the context of, you know, oops, sorry. Uh, sharing this with the world, right? Other people. But, you know, the most important spot is really we have we have investigators in our own, in our own home, right? <laughs> These are people mm-hmm. developing faith in our own home. And uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, all that effort I put in as a full-time missionary, even a fraction of that amount of effort into my own home, you know, would go a long way. Probably be yeah. the most impactful, really, when I come right down to it. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a great discussion. Yeah, cool. Thanks thanks for coming on the podcast with me today. It was good, clean time. (laughs) You're a great guest. (laughs) Oh, well. I'm not sure I lived (laughs) up to all the funny, witty, wise stuff that people were hoping. but uh, It's probably not really the environment for that, you know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we'll have you on again. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Conference Talks podcast where we discussed... Elder Cook's talk on conversion to the will of God. If you enjoyed the episode, give us a five-star rating. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. And YouTube and Google and Stitcher and Amazon and Audible and TuneIn and iHeartRadio and Facebook. Yes, and everywhere you get podcasts. You can find links to all our platforms on our website, conferencetalk.org. You know what else is at conferencetalk.org? everything. Go there to follow us on social media, drop us a comment, check out the show notes, find related talks, or learn more about us, your hosts. All right. Big thanks to Megan for hopping on the mic and inviting me today. You can follow Megan at megtiltoncoaching.com. And uh, there might be another place you could do that too. On Instagram and Facebook at Meg Tilton Coaching as well. And thanks. And um, you can follow Greg nowhere. No, he's not on anything. Not out there. Sorry. (laughs) 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 We're not going to give out his phone number, but if you really need to get a hold of him, you can find him through me. So yes. 
All right, we do always appreciate new followers, but even it's even better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. All right, that's right. We love speaking about the church and our leaders. We do not speak for them. Everything said on this podcast repre- represents our own personal opinions. All right, so join us next week for another episode of the Conference Talk Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.